0: All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, it is Thursday, but it's not just any Thursday. It is Thanksgiving Thursday for all of my American listeners, which is, okay, probably everybody listening to this by now, but according to all of the data on my podcast, only 87% of my podcast downloads have actually been in America. So I've got 13% in countries all around the world. But today is a day of thanksgiving as we dig deeper into the Psalms, especially Psalm 69 this week, which is a very great Psalm to give thanks to God. I am Pastor Doug Minton here to help guide you as we go through these 36 verses of Psalm 69 this week. To the choir master, according to lilies of David, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire, where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who would destroy me, those who attack me with lies. What did I not steal must I now restore? O God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me, O God of hosts. Let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor through me, O God of Israel. For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's sons. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the talk of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to my soul, redeem me. Ransom me because of my enemies. You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My foes are all known to you. Reproaches have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I look for pity, but there is none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. Let their own table before them become a snare, and when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation, let no one dwell in their tents." For they persecute him whom you have struck down, and they recount the pain of those whom you have wounded. Add to them punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of living. Let them be not enrolled among the righteous. But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah. And people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. So far, Psalm 69. Many, many things going on here in this psalm. And I hope over these next few minutes to be able to just go through a few of them. Maybe not catch everything, but to be able to catch the main things that help us to dig deeper into this psalm and how it relates to the other scriptures around it. First of all, we hear all these words and we think, this is a psalm of thanksgiving? I mean, there's not a whole lot of thankfulness in here because it sounds like David is despairing. And yes, he is despairing because he is confessing to be just like you, just like me, neck deep in sin. The waters of sin are ready to threaten his life just as they are ready to threaten yours. He is weary from crying out for help. His throat is parched from his cries. But he knows those cries will not go unanswered. He knows those cries will be answered by the living God who will redeem him. And that's exactly where we go in verse 7. For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. This is simply the last of the Beatitudes... From the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. David was one that was like Moses, like Samuel like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, Daniel, all of these guys, they were persecuted. They were reviled. Why? Because of their faith. Because they believed and trusted in the God of the living that would be there for them, regardless of what it was, regardless of how the circumstances looked on the outside. They knew Salvation was near to them because God was always near to them. Just as he is always near to us, hearing our cries. And yes, sometimes it seems like our throats are parched from crying out and not being heard. But trust me, brother, sister, your cries have been heard. Your God has heard them and is moving to act for you. It's not always in a timeline that we like. We always wish God would work a little bit faster. But that's not the way God works. I mean, after all, time was invented by God. He was the one who created it. So he has control over it, regardless of whether we like it or not. Because we, in the 21st century, seem to be Uh, run by the clock because everything has to be pointed out in schedule and kept together so that we can get from point A to point B to point C to point D because we put ourselves so far out there that we can't even keep track unless we write it down. That's always the biggest problem is trying to remember am I supposed to be somewhere else? Is there somebody else I'm supposed to see? Is there something else I am supposed to do I don't know. I don't have it written down. That's life in 2021, unfortunately, is we are ruled by the clock. We are ruled by time, but God rules over time, and he is the one who brings that out. And when he does act, people know that it's happening. Verse 9, For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. These words are quoted by John in the second chapter of his gospel after Jesus cleanses the temple the first time. When Jesus drives out the money changers and those who sold animals so that his house could be a house of prayer as was intended in the first place, not to be a place where Marketing was done and haggling over the price of a sacrifice to be made so that you could pray. No, no, that's not what the temple was there for. The temple was there for a place for silence and for prayer and for meditation and for contemplation. Just as our church buildings are built for the same thing. Our sanctuaries are there to help us have a sense of peace in the Lord's presence, whether it's in a church service with other Christians or if we come by in the middle of the week just to have a quiet place to pray. It's all there. That's what it's there for. But again, David talks about how life tends to be overpowering for us. So he talks about again the floods coming upon him, the floodwaters of sin creeping up on him again. But we also go back to Psalm 29, verse 10. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits as enthroned as king forever. Yes, the floodwaters of sin may come upon us, but we know that above the sin... Floodwaters is our God. They are to rescue us when the time is right. And that is the problem. The timing is always seeming to be off. But we have that again in Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us his prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. David is saying the same things here in Psalm 69. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And though the waters rage against us, our sin rage against us, He gives us salvation. He gives us forgiveness. We've been talking about that for a long time on the confessional corner. But His forgiveness is there. Regardless of what it looks like on the outside. Regardless of how overpowering sin's floodwaters seem to be. His forgiveness is still there. His deliverance is still there. We have a couple more prophecies in here. Verse 21. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. That's the crucifixion of Jesus right there, where they had vinegar and gall there for Jesus and the thieves to drink if they wanted something. Stuff to dull the pain just a little bit. Not to get rid of it, but just to dull it for a little bit to calm down the screams of agony for a few minutes. And then verse 25, you have, May there can't be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents. Peter uses this in Acts 1 as a prophecy of Judas's betrayal of Jesus. So we have all these things going on. You have... Poison and sour wine being given to Jesus on the cross. You have Judas betraying him so that his camp, his lineage becomes a desolation. And all of this points to verse 28. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. The one thing that we seek is to not be blotted out of Jesus's book of life. Because is it in that book that our name's being written? That punches our ticket into heaven. That allows us to go through the pearly gates to be able to be in the presence of our God forever. But there have been plenty of times that in the scriptures that we talk about being blotted out of the book of life. The first one being on Mount Sinai as moses comes back from israel worshiping the golden calf in exodus 32 and verses 32 and 33 he says but now if you will forgive their sin but if not please blot me out of your book that you have written but the lord said to moses whoever has sinned against me i will blot out of my book we don't get to choose to be blotted out for other people paul wanted that he wish that he could be blotted out so that his fellow Jews could be brought in. But it is not you who get blotted out for somebody else's sin. It is you get blotted out because of your sin that you refuse to repent of. And that's the way it goes in Revelation. In chapter 3, verse 5, "...the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life." I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Those who conquer, those who remain faithful, will never be blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. And then we have the great scene in Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Whoever is not in the book of life gets thrown into hell for all of eternity. That is the second death those of us who are written in the book of life, because we have been written in blood, the Lamb's blood, writing our names in there, in our baptism, in our confessions of faith, bringing us the promise of everlasting salvation, the fact that we, because of him, will never be blotted out of the book of life, because it is his book, the book of the people who are in his body, the church, the people who are his brothers and sisters, the children of his heavenly father. This is a great psalm of thanksgiving. Yes, it has its moments where things look bleak and David is worried about it. But in the end and overall, He is very pleased and very thankful for God for all the blessings that he has because it is in his blessings that David had been made king, that David had had an empire that he could pass on to his son. Of course, his son then messes it up and grandson splits it. But for David in his time, he has greater joy than he could possibly ever imagine because God has given him such great blessings. Now, you might not have the great physical blessings and monetary blessings that King David had. You might not be even an owner of a house, but the blessings that we have can't always be counted up. On a ledger it can't always be counted up and valued because what price do you put on salvation what price do you put on forgiveness what price do you get do you put on peace with God those are invaluable treasures and they are yours in Christ just as they were for David and so we can have this Time where we can even be neck deep in sin, crying out to God, but crying out not in desperation, but in faith, knowing that He will answer us. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family and friends, or if you are unable to have it with your family and friends, I hope that you have had a good Thanksgiving, regardless of your circumstances so that you also may rejoice and be glad in all the blessings that God has given you and to give him thanks always. I am Pastor Doug Minton thanking you for being here to dig deeper into the Psalm 96 or 69. Next week, we go back into multiple ones as we finish out Book 2 with Psalms 70-72. to I hope to see you back for then. Come back Mondays for the Confessional Corner as we continue to go through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. And we thank you that you have taken this time so that I may help you in whatever way I can to wrestle with the theologies around you this week. Amen.